millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Story time. I was just an ordinary police officer, going about my daily duties, when everything changed in an instant. I was responding to a call about a break-in at a local store when I was shot. I remember the pain and If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The confusion as I fell to the ground. I remember the sound of the sirens and the flashing lights as the ambulance rushed me to the hospital. I woke up in a hospital room, my body aching and my mind foggy. I tried to move, but the pain was too much. I was told that I was lucky to be alive and that I had a long road to recovery ahead of me. I was alone in the hospital room, with nothing but my thoughts to keep me company. As the days passed, I started to feel better. The pain lessened and my mind cleared. But at night, when the lights were turned off and the hospital was quiet, I couldn't shake the feeling of unease. I felt like something was watching me, something that was not of this world. <laughs> 
One night, I woke up to find that I was completely alone. The nurses had gone home for the night and the hospital was silent. I tried to shake the feeling of fear, but it was like a weight on my chest. I couldn't breathe. I had to get out of that room. I slowly got out of bed, my body still weak from the injury. I made my way to the door and opened it, my heart pounding in my chest. The hallway was empty, but I could feel something there. I called out for the nurses, but there was no answer. I kept walking, my legs shaking beneath me. As I reached the end of the hallway, I saw her. She was a ghost, a young girl with long dark hair and a pale face. She looked like Samara from the Ring movie. She was standing there, smirking at me. I froze, my heart pounding in my chest. I wanted to turn and run, but I couldn't move. She started to fly towards me, her screeches filling the air. I turned and ran back to my room, my legs barely able to carry me. I locked the door and fell to the ground, my body shaking with fear. I prayed for morning to come, for the nurses to come back and save me from this nightmare. But morning came and went, and the nurses found me still locked in my room, trembling and pale. They asked me what was wrong, but I couldn't explain it to them. They didn't believe me, they thought I was just delirious from the pain. From that night on, I couldn't shake the feeling of fear. I was haunted by that ghostly girl and her smirk. I knew that she was coming for me, and I couldn't escape her. I was trapped in that hospital room, alone with my fear. I knew that I would never be the same again. I was discharged from the hospital, but I could never go back to my normal life. I was broken, both physically and mentally. I couldn't sleep at night, and I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I knew that the ghost was still there, waiting for me. I knew that I would never be free from her. I was living a horror story, and there was no escape. This happened to me in July this year, and I've been thinking about it constantly since. I'll try to sum up the experience as best I can. So, I'm kind of a mentally ill weirdo. I have BPD and CPTSD, and am a 24-year-old girl who lives alone in the city, just minding my own business. I have have a few friends, but I'm not close with my family. It's not unusual for me to go a few weeks or months without really seeing anyone besides co-workers, especially during a globalized pandemic, so I've just been doing my own thing. This encounter happened during one of those few week stretches of isolation. I'm only giving this bit of exposition so people can understand my psych history as well as my mental state etc. So, start of July I got this uncontrollable impulse to go camping and stargaze. I never go camping alone, haven't been in around 4 years, and had no camping shit whatsoever. But I wanted to go for some reason, so I researched some good dark sky spots in Utah, found a cute little campground about 4 hours into the desert, and reserved the last spot available for a week out from that day. I bought all my stuff the day before, and just drove out. I'm horrible at planning and time management. So by the time I arrived at the campground the sun was already going down. I also had forgotten my charger, and realized I had to make my 60% battery last until I could make it back to the city the next day. There was no service out there, so that seemed east enough. My entire goal was to chill in my hammock chair all night and stargaze anyway, so all I needed was some music for that. I specifically chose the night of a new moon for this, so I knew I had to get my tent set up and situated ASAP before the sun went down. There are a lot of others here, but most are families with kids getting ready for bed. Could hear parents reading scripture to their kids before bed, Mormons, and could see others reading on Kindles and stuff before sleeping. By the time everything is set up, it's about 10pm everyone almost at once turns their lights off and passes out. This really weirded me out at first because it was the perfect night for stargazing. I didn't see a single other person setting up a chair to stargaze, any telescopes, or even just someone outside of their tent looking up. Everyone was either already asleep, or going to sleep. I gave it some more thought, and figured they all probably just want to wake up before or with the sunrise because we are in the desert. 
sleeping in wouldn't exactly be a pleasant experience when you're getting cooked alive I imagine. I worked night shifts so it staying up was not an issue in the slightest bit. So at this point, the only people I can see that are awake are myself, this family at the campground vaguely near me reading scripture, and a whole mess of people at the bathroom. My tent is located at the far side of the campground, so to me left is nothing but desert and cliff. In front of me is the bathroom, about 100 feet or so away, two other campgrounds, about 300 feet away, and more desert slash sky. To my right, and behind me is the rest of the campground. There's another bathroom on the far side of the campground behind me to my right, which is probably around 700-900 feet away. These two bathrooms are the only source of any light in the campground aside from a few people who are using their flashlights to come to and from the bathroom. Like I said earlier, I'm a weirdo. I won't deny that. Which makes honestly telling this story to others hard. So my goal out here was to grieve, and to move on from a lot of loss I experienced a year ago. A lot of bad stuff happened in my life, and I lost a lot of loved ones as a result. Sometimes, a good mushroom trip will really help one find a lot of closure when it comes to grief, so that was my only goal this trip. I ate around 2 grams, and was coming up around 11 pm now, hear me out here. What kind of close encounter story can be believed when the person telling it was under the influence of a psychedelic you might be asking? That's a good question, and I would say that being skeptical of a person's experience under the influence of such drugs is common sense. That being said, I want to say I have a gross amount of experience with psychedelics, some trips in even weirder and more isolated places than this. I've tripped on mushrooms easily dozens of times in my life, and on acid probably over a hundred times. I have kept tons of trip journals, have recordings from trips etc and never once has anything like this happened to me before or since. I have never seen things while tripping, have never interacted with entities, have never had thoughts or paranoia about something being there that's not. I always have the same trips, which is some textures get wavy, my emotions become full and bright, and I feel at peace in my mind for those few hours finally. That's it. I'm convinced that what happened to me in the desert was not a product of the drugs, but merely happened to me while I was tripping. It would have been the same had I not been on psychedelics. But, that's just my opinion. I definitely do invite skepticism otherwise. So yeah, I'm coming up and I'm ready to stargaze. I gotta pee though, and all these people hanging out around the bathroom are making me nervous. No one else is awake that I can see now, no lights are on or tents open anywhere around me. The only people still awake are all over by the bathroom. I eventually cave and just head over and do my thing. No one bothered me or said anything to me luckily. I start walking back over to my chair. So, my spot is pretty close to the bathroom. I can walk from the front of it in a straight line in the dark and I will without fail hit my tent after about 25 seconds of walking. Because it's this easy, I don't bother whipping my flashlight out to get there. Plus saving my phone battery for the drive out is still my priority anyway. I'm walking through the dark when I see the outline of my hammock chair, and a person standing right next to it staring at it. I freeze, and stare at them. I'm super confused as to why this person is in my camp spot, standing alone in the dark just staring at my chair. Maybe they are curious about it? I don't know. It's weird AF. I wave at them, but they don't notice, so I move a little closer and I guess the sound of my footsteps alerted them to my pre-sense cause they shot their head up towards me, took around 3 steps in my direction, backed up about 6 steps, flashed a bluish flashlight in my eyes, and fast walked away from me towards another person I hadn't noticed either standing in the dark around 15 feet from us. The both stand next to each other shining their blue flash lights at their feet, and they both move around me towards the bathroom and disappear into the girls' restroom. Weird right? I thought so standing there all terrified like a dumb bitch. I rationalized that the first person must have been waiting for their friend to catch up or something. I sit down, and finally put on some good music in my headphones and just melt into the beautiful show playing in the sky above. 
It's now around 11.30 to midnight, and there's still people messing around near the women's restroom. It's actually just really distracting at this point and bugging me a lot because it's right in my line of sight. They just keep waving their flashlights around and coming in and out, but they never seem to go anywhere. They will walk out of the restroom, turn their lights off, and just walk into the dark without their lights to guide them. They usually will either walk behind the bathroom where I can't see them, or off to the left side into the dark where there are no camp spots. I notice someone is standing next to me. I tear my headphones out and shoot my head to my right. There is a silhouette of a person standing about 7 feet from my chair. I am frozen, and spooked pretty bad. They take around 2 or 3 steps towards me, then back up again around 6, and walk around me and away into the dark with no flashlight away from me and the bathroom. Now I'm spooked. I don't think it's anything supernatural right now, but I definitely think it's some people up to no good. The nearest city is hundreds of miles away, and we are far from any civilization out here. If these were people trying to hurt me they could do it rather easily. I stay in the chair for now, but I keep my headphones off so I can hear the environment around me. My head is now on a swivel, but I'm still trying my best to enjoy the night. Now, it's midnight. And no one else is awake. No flashlights anywhere, no voices, nothing. All the bathroom people finally vanished and it was just me awake as far as I could tell. With my headphones off, I started to notice sounds now. The sound of a jet somewhere near would come and go, flying around somewhere in the desert. I kept looking for its aircraft lights, but could never find them. This deep almost physics-defying boom would occasionally shake the desert, but in a weird way. When I heard and felt it, I would feel my body tense and shake with it, and the air too. But never the ground. It's weird, because it sounded as if it was coming from the ground itself, not the air. I would hear what also sounded like laughter coming from the desert to my left. The portion of desert with no camp spots or people. I'm still at this point, just chilling. I'm obviously starting to suspect some weird shit, but for the most part I'm chilling and enjoying the night. Then, orbs in the sky. I practically shit myself when I saw this. Above one of the cliffs far out on the horizon. This little swarm of glowing orbs had appeared and they were almost dancing around one another. I remember this moment very very clearly. I remember seeing them, thinking I can't explain that. What the F is that? There is nothing I could imagine could move like that, not even drones. I won't record this, I promise. It would ruin it and I want to see it through. I remember thinking that last part very clearly out of nowhere and thought it was weird how specific it was in my mind. I hadn't even thought to record it in the first place as I had just noticed it, but here I was making a promise to myself that I wouldn't even try no matter what would happen. Another cluster of orbs appears in the sky to my right, and almost simultaneously the orbs to my left instantly shoot across the sky to join the other orbs. I start smiling like a idiot. This is it, the thing I have been staring at the sky looking for my whole life. The thing I stopped believing in for decades because I never saw it. I had let the world convince me that it was just as boring as it appeared and never once allowed myself to think it could actually be more than that. And the proof of that was finally staring me in the face. I had to keep checking in with myself being like this isn't the shrooms right? No it's definitely not. I see that and I know I'm not hallucinating it probably went through that little personal questioning close to a dozen times over the course of the next few minutes. The jet sound comes back, and it's much louder now. I can actually see the aircraft lights now too flying directly overhead, but they aren't blinking like usual. They fly into this dark cloud in the sky I hadn't noticed before, and vanish along with the jet sound. The orbs continue playing around each other until they vanish too. All in all I'd say this lasted for like an hour. It's now around 1am, and I really gotta pee. I obviously hold it as long as I can because I'm witnessing the single most special thing I'll ever get to see right in front of my eyes, but eventually I break and just want to get it over with. So, I'm a trans woman. I wouldn't even bring that up if it didn't have some sort of relevancy to the story to be honest.
I look, and sound exactly like a girl. It's pretty much impossible for people to tell I'm not cis and haven't been clocked in a long time, but I still have a penis. I'm out here in the desert on shrooms witnessing some high strangeness, but I still gotta be careful of what bathroom I use. Normally I would just use the girls, but those people I encountered earlier were still making me paranoid so I figured if worse comes to worse, I'd rather be caught in the men's in case there are some weirdos out here. I head in there, and I'm doing my thing at the urinal as fast as possible. I zip down, and start going. The moment I start the door to the restroom shoots the F open and some guy with short brown hair, around 5 feet 6, and a half sunken droopy face runs in eyes glued to the ground and barges into the stall next to me, shutting the door and doing his biz. The only word I could use to describe him was he looked sick. This obviously, scares the F out of me. It's like 1am and I haven't seen another human being in a few hours, and I just saw the light show in the sky, and I'm a cis looking girl peeing standing up at a urinal, and I'm alone with this dude. He pees for no joke 3 seconds. That's it. All that rush, all that urgency, for 3 seconds of tinkle time. Who does that? He spent the rest of his time in there slowly pulling out toilet paper from the roller for some reason. I'm a dumb bee and just held my bladder for way too long, so I'm trying my best to just get it all out so I can leave but it's taking forever. I finally finish, and for some reason go to wash my hands. I don't know why, it just felt like the right thing to do in the moment Lamau. The guy shoots out of the stall again way to hard and fast, comes in right next to me at the sink, washes his hands for a total of 2 seconds, and leaves the bathroom as fast as he entered. I'm just kinda shook. But again, I'm trying to rationalize this. I just think he's probably tripping too and the sight of some girl peeing at the urinal at 1am probably made him think I was an alien too. So, I head out and back to my chair. The moment I sit down the lights in the bathroom I was just in shut off all at once. The lights in the girl's bathroom, and the boys. No one enters or leaves either, and now just a single tiny yellow bulb can be seen glowing above a park ranger's bulletin board on the side of the building. I sit down and almost kind of invite more weird shit to happen around me. The jets are back now, and louder than before. There are orbs now huge ring around the campground pulsating and growing, and then dimming, slowly drifting around. I'm terrified, but also I can't move. It's too cool to be honest. That's really the whole reason I didn't hide in my tent. Who the f in their right mind would listen to their instinct to run when you could see how far it could go? I hear weirder sounds coming from the desert, what sounds like shouting and a baby crying far far away. The orbs reappear in the sky, and behind the trees next to my tent it looks like the moon is shining through, but it's a new moon. It's now 2am. The bathroom lights come back on, but only the lights in the men's restroom. The women's remain off, and I see no one come or go. At the point the only thing that can be heard coming from my mouth the past little bit is I'm a dumb bee. Why am I doing this? This is terrifying and I'm dumb for just letting it happen I'm very aware of my desire to run and give in to the fear, but that is highly outweighed by my curiosity. At least it was. A person who comes from seemingly nowhere, with no flashlight on and no clear intention of direction walks in front of the bathroom and it's terrifying. Normally, that ain't scary. It's just some person. But, like this person was easily 10-13 feet tall. The bathroom itself was around 13 feet tallish, and this person walking in front's head was at mid-level with the top ventilation window, though the crown of their head was taller than the building itself. They walked in front of the restroom, and into the dark and I shot out of my chair. The only thing I said was nope, nope, f nope, that's my line. F you, that's terrifying, nope f nope. Or something like that. As fast as I could I ran into my tent and quickly zipped it up. There was no not running at this point. My sympathetic nervous system just oil over and was very adamant that I needed to hide. It's hard to describe what I felt, but it was the most primal fear I've ever felt. I have BPD, 
and CPTSD so I am used to feeling a staggering amount of terror in my mind on a daily basis when my symptoms show up. But this was on a whole other level. It was like some deep animal part of me understood the moment I saw them that I was no longer at the top of the food chain. Another ultra predator much much smarter than me had just made itself known and my body was tending up like a wild animal at the sight of it. I felt truly humbled and small in that moment and knew I was outmatched. They were now outside of my tent, and were scurrying non-circles around it. The sound of their footsteps gave way into the feeling of their voice playing side by side my own inner voice. This is where it gets hard to explain. We talked, but talking is not the right word for it. They communicate in pure concept and feeling and it's so subtle and instantaneous it's hard to describe how obvious it is while at the same time being so subtle as to almost be indistinguishable from your own thoughts or feelings. The things we talked about were rather personal, so I won't go into too much detail. I asked them about the jets, whether that was us and if we're trying to find them. They said yes, I thought we aren't smart enough to find you guys. They said no, you are smart. You just aren't creative. They said they are scared of us too, but are much more aware of us than them. They want to know us more, but it's hard. Too much complication. It cited me running and hiding as proof. I said, that's natural. I'm still an animal with a nervous system hardwired towards survival. Something new and unknown is going to do that to people no matter how rational they try and stay. They said they liked me because I was honest about the fear. They were scared too. They want freedom, and they want that for us too. But they aren't quite sure what to do. Or at least, they wouldn't tell me. Whenever I would ask their name or why they were here, they would deliberately ignore me. They also seemed to get a kick out of messing with me, also citing that as a reason for this. They did one thing that I really liked, and it was to show me they have always cared and always will. It's hard to describe the feeling they gave me, but it really was unconditional love. They called me family and kept expressing their love for me, and told me that I chose this. I didn't get that part all too well. When they said that to me, all these memories flooded in from my childhood but I'm still struggling to draw any connections. After a while I of course had to pee again. I did, and nothing happened. I went back into my tent to eat some trail mix and to record an audio recording of what we just talked about so I could remember as much as possible, and notice the time on my phone said something like 11am. My phone has never messed up like that before and changed the time on me. It was a little validating to see to be honest. It was very clearly the middle of the night, not 11am. I left the tent, and they messed with me some more. More orbs in the trees, lights going off in the bathroom etc. Eventually 5 a.m. hit and they were gone. The sun came up, and I headed home. There's a lot of details I skipped over as this post is already way too long, but there you have it. Like I said, I don't expect anyone to believe me. I invite the skepticism honestly, as I was under the influence of a psychedelic substance. I do have to say, out of the hundreds of trips I've had I've never experienced something like this before or since. I truly believe that these events happened, and that the drugs were not responsible for their inception whatsoever. What to take away from it, I don't know TP be honest. It was amazing and I wanted me to meet them again. I am extremely humbled now, I believe in other beings again, and have this sense of family and home in myself I've never quite had before. Has anyone out there met them too? I'd love to hear your story if so, and to let you know you aren't alone in your experience. They are out there, and they do exist. I'm a rancher in Oklahoma. Feral hogs are a problem in this area. I live north of the Red River on the Oklahoma side close to West Cache Creek. One night a friend called me to go pigs hunting with them on one of his friend's fields that is getting destroyed by pigs. Here in Oklahoma it is legal to hunt pigs and coyotes with thermal scopes. Feral pigs are mainly active at night. We rode by the river, then walked possibly 150 yards and set up behind a fallen log. We sat and waited. 
It was a beautiful calm night and moonlight made visibility excellent even without the thermal. After maybe 30 minutes we heard this screaming. It was very loud we looked at each other, thinking it was a possible cougar, but couldn't tell exactly where it came from. When we heard a pig squeal to our right, in my head I was thinking a big cat caught a pig. I looked through my thermal. I froze. An 8 to 10 foot tall creature had this pig in its hands. It wasn't a small pig, maybe 200 to 250 pounds and it was squealing and fighting the strength and size of this thing. It was amazing. It had a long beard, dog-like snout, and hairy. But in my thermal the images are white, so as far as the color I'm not sure. As I was watching this thing it literally ripped the pig in half with its bare hands, like a sheet of paper, and threw it on the ground. It started walking towards us. I nearly crapped myself. I literally froze. I couldn't pull the trigger. In my mind, I was telling my hand to pull the trigger but I physically couldn't. Then, all of a sudden, a massive log maybe 30 feet long 2 to 3 foot round flew over the top of us. I jumped up and ran. My buddy was right behind me. We got in my ATV. I started it and held my foot to the floor. We were traveling about 60 miles per hour. It'll run 80 miles per hour but don't believe it was at top speed yet. We busted through the gate to the pasture. I didn't even have a thought of getting out and opening it. We hit a ditch and went airborne and started to do a front roll thinking this is going to hurt. The next thing I remember we were sitting still, not moving, and not hurt. We were sitting next to my pickup and trailer. What the hell? We loaded it up and went to his house in silence, not a word was said. We pulled up to his house. We went inside. His wife asked, what's wrong with you guys? You look like you've seen a ghost. Where are your guns? I said I think that it can keep the guns. I never even realized our guns were left laying by the stump, but I didn't care. I was glad to be out of there. I live about 40 miles from him. Now, this is the creepiest part. When I parked the truck and walked to my front door I noticed something in my yard. About 20 yards from the front door is that rifle I left down at the river. Holy crap. That thing knows where I live. It's 40 miles away. Nothing has happened since then but I don't go out at dark unless I absolutely have to and haven't been back to that creek or river since. And I don't plan to. But I do feel something unnatural saved us that night. Ever since I was young I have seen a large black wolf, with red eyes. The first encounter I had with it was when I was 12. I was walking home from school in the mid-afternoon and was mostly zoning out. I used to bring my portable CD player to and from school and listen to CDs on my hour-long trek back home so I didn't notice him at first. I had to trek through a large suburban area in order to get to my house on the far side of it from the school but as I'm walking I start to feel uneasy. I begin to look around and spot this wolf who stood as tall as I did at the time, 5 feet, and the only reason this is so ingrained into me is because I remember looking eye to eye with him. I was coming up a hill, and about a block down on the corner of the road he was just standing there staring at me. My grandfather was a K-9 handler, so I have been raised with dogs my whole life. I immediately went into play it safe mode like I would with a large, unfamiliar dog and averted my eyes because I didn't want it to think I was challenging it. My turn was thankfully on my left and the wolf out on my right, so I steadied my pace reminding myself not to run. Running triggers the hunting instinct, and while I was still trying to wrap my head around the absolute massive size of this creature I did my best to keep my eyes downwards but at this point I was turning up my cull d sack trying to keep it in view. I kept the pause in my sight as I cut across the road up towards my house. That was when they disappeared. I looked back knowing I shouldn't take my eyes off a stray animal but he wasn't there. I kind of cursed myself mentally at the time. I think I was still in shock from the size that I hadn't processed that it was just a massive wolf in broad daylight. I remember chiding myself as I hurried into my house and closed slash locked the door behind me. I lived in that house for a year afterwards and would frequently see him sitting in my backyard, 
or in the field behind my six feet privacy fence running in the unkempt space, or staring directly up at my second story window. Then I moved from Colorado, to Texas. I thought that would be the end of it, but I continued to see it. I was afraid at first of it, but over time grew used to catching sight of it. Most interactions were just catching him watching me. I never felt threatened, but he was always around. I've had multiple encounters where I wasn't the only one to see him either. I have had exes, and my current spouse. Then best friends see him at 15 on their parents almost 400 acres of property one night when we were having a sleepover. The next morning we went out to roam the fields we found a dead cow who had been born apart. Limbs scattered all over the pasture it was in. However, it wasn't supposed to even be there. There were no other cattle there. They were all over a mile away behind two three closed fences. I would put more here, but apps slash phone are lagging due to length. I'm happy to answer questions, or go more in depth on some of my encounters with him but most of it is just this watching from afar and dead animals showing up afterwards. I'm 30 now I moved back to Colorado last year and I have seen him since the move, but the visits are fewer, and farther between than they were in Texas but I think part of that is because I live in a basement apartment now, and try and limit my outside exposure due to C19, I'm high risk, and am not outside nearly as often. I'd love to find out just what it is he is though. Maybe put my mind to rest. I grew up in a small western Massachusetts town, Adams, below the Berkshires. It was July 4, 2017. I worked in a cafe in town and had to work during the holiday. My shift ended around 5 o'clock and I had plans to go to the Bellevue Cemetery with friends for some peace and quiet. I was tired of all the noise from the day and wasn't interested in fireworks that night. I met up with everyone outside my house and we picked up some fast food before leaving. There are about five of us and we all started walking down to the cemetery eating and chatting as we made our way to the cemetery. The cemetery wasn't huge but it was big enough that we could find a quiet place to sit and hang out for a bit. After we got there we were all settled under a tree. I relaxed and just listened while everyone else was talking. I was still reeling from work and how busy the day was for me. That's when I noticed something moving in the distance behind a few mausoleums. It was dark and I could only make out a shadow. I couldn't tell what I was looking at and figured an animal had come down from the mountain and wandered into town after smelling all the barbecuing. Then I saw whatever it was sprint from behind one mausoleum to the next. It was way too big to be a wolf or a mountain lion but too fast to be anything large like a bear. It startled me for a minute. I couldn't imagine any animal I could think of being out in the light of day like this. It made me nervous. My friends noticed a change in the look on my face and asked me what was wrong. I didn't want to say I saw a big scary shadow running around the cemetery. I thought they'd make fun of me, so I just shrugged it off and said it was nothing. But I couldn't stop thinking about what I had seen. Right then I saw the figure again. It sprinted back further into the cemetery, this time behind gravestones and then behind a tree. My curiosity got the best of me at this point and I played it off like I needed to walk. I headed off in the direction of the shadow when I saw it take off again. I noticed it had an unbelievably large head. I couldn't tell how tall it was but I knew it was bigger than any of us and the quick glance that I got at it reminded me of a man completely covered in hair. I just thought that my mind was playing tricks on me, but I was still curious. I approached the mausoleum that it had been hiding behind. I looked down to be sure not to trip and froze. There in the dirt was an enormous footprint the size of my forearm and complete with claws right there in the soil. I started to panic, a little puzzled by something I didn't yet understand. I had never heard of a creature with a footprint so big in my whole life. I proceeded with caution towards the tree that it had ducked behind. I just needed to know if I was crazy or if we were actually in danger. I got to the tree and found nothing behind it. No one was crouching or hiding from us. That's when a cluster of leaves fell from the tree above and hit me on their way down. I heard a loud rustling too. 
There was no breeze. I slowly lifted my head to look up. There, glaring down at me, was a hideous dog creature with eyes shaped like a human but amber-colored and terrifyingly piercing. This dog creature was as long as the branch it was laying on as it slowly growled at me. I ran back to my friends and told them we had to go immediately. They protested at first but then one of them caught a glimpse of the creature jumping down from the tree. She didn't get a good look at it only a shadow and all she could tell was that it was huge. We all grabbed our things and made our way out of the cemetery. The friend that had seen the shadow asked me what it was. I played it off saying I didn't see the shadow, only signs of a coyote circling around, and felt scared. I didn't describe the dog creature or acknowledge it. I no longer live in the area and haven't heard of any encounters with the dog creature since my encounter. Maybe it went into the mountains and stayed there. It was around 9 pm when my sister had went outside to feed our dog when she noticed our dog was going crazy growing and barking forwards the alley. Once she turned, my sister says she saw a small creature around 3 feet in height walking upright, its body full of spikes and it was waddling she said it went through the fence. Not over not under. Through the fence. She said that it was making panting slash heavy breathing noises as it was waddling away. This was over 10 years ago but I still remember hearing the dog going crazy and my sister's scream and how shaken up she was. Wanted to get other people input about what time of creature we may have encountered? My sister still to this day says the exact same story and how much it scared her. I believe she encountered something that night. Update, she saw this creature in the alley with the dim alley lights on. It wasn't pitch black as the lights, yes dim but they were still on. Also, I have brought up the porcupine theory to her and have shown her many pictures even ones where they are standing up. She denies this is what she saw. The creature was never at any point on all fours. It walked on two legs the entire time and went through a chain-link fence like it wasn't even there. Our neighborhood has cats, skunks, raccoons, opossums but never ever had any sightings or dogs getting quilled by porcupines. I decided to rent a cabin way up in northern Michigan for a week with my sister Tanya. My sister is a writer and this was also what she needed because she hadn't written in two weeks. So off we went. It was late May and still quite chilly, but we didn't care about the weather because we weren't there for sunbathing on the beach. The cottage was rustic but recently redone and it was located on a small pond but was surrounded by thick woods. Our cottage was the last one down a long dirt road. The cottage owner had put in several really nice long trails because if not then nobody was enjoying the woods. The first day we were unloading our luggage from the car and a young guy and his mom walked up the driveway. They introduced themselves and said they own the house a little way down the road and they went for walks a few times a week for exercise past the cottage. The mother Linda mentioned that her husband had passed away a few years earlier and of course, I told her that I lost my husband Josh a few months earlier as well. Linda looked so sad for me but her son Brendan had a smirk on his face which really creeped me out. Linda seemed to notice this as well and said, okay let's leave these ladies to unpack, and then said their goodbyes. I was unnerved by the way Brendan looked at me and I noticed he kept looking back at me as they walked away. On the first day, we just hung around the cabin. The next day I went for a walk alone so Tanya could get some writing done. I chose the path the owner said was the easiest. I had been walking for 10 minutes when I heard the sound of a small animal moving through the underbrush maybe something the size of a rabbit. So I stopped to listen and when I stopped the rustling stopped. I happened to glance back and I saw the shape of a human standing behind the thicket. I thought it was Brandon so I turned and kept walking. I was almost halfway and I'd see a tree about 30 feet in front of me but completely surrounded by the same thicket. I saw what again I perceived to be a naked Brandon. I couldn't see clearly because he was shrouded in darkness but I saw him perched on the bottom limb of a tree just crouched there staring at me. I could see one hand holding the limb he was crouched on and his other arm was wrapped around the tree trunk.
But now that I look back and I know what I was looking at. I can't believe I thought it was Brandon. A day or two later I was finally able to pull Tanya away from her laptop and we were on the porch to watch the sunset. We distinctly heard a wolf howl from at least the other side of the pond. We agreed it was really close but we weren't too worried. We were more worried about the mother bears as we were told by Linda and the cabin owner that we needed to keep the bear spray on us at all times because the cubs were very young and the mothers were really protective. About 10 minutes later we heard an animal screaming. Oh my gosh. We were both saying and covering our ears. Tanya was saying this is too close to nature for me. Then Tanya went in to use the bathroom and when she came back she said what is that and pointed to the wood line. I saw the shrub shaking then an animal came out of the woods with a baby deer hanging from its mouth. The baby wasn't just a newborn. We looked at pictures showing various ages and it was probably two weeks old approximately. We are not country girls so please don't get on me for being wrong. Anyway, Tanya said, no, I don't want to see this and she went inside. I sat looking at this animal. I was fairly certain the fawn was already dead or I would have done something at least I'd like to think I would have. What, I don't know. But regardless I was trying to figure out what this animal was. It was walking into the open from the woods. It dropped the fawn from its mouth then it started sniffing it. I was fairly certain that this was a very large wolf with a case of the mange because its hair was thick around the neck like a lion's mane and it was thin to bear in spots. Its rear end was bald and I didn't even see a tail. I noticed it looked almost deformed because the back end sat way lower than the front. The animal seemed almost mesmerized by the fawn. It stared and sniffed at it, then it pushed it forward or over by using its nose. Then it picked it up by the mouth and started shaking it side to side viciously. Then it started biting into the midsection and when it lifted its head to chew you could clearly see intestines hanging out of its mouth. Now I believe I let out a sound at that point because it looked at me surprised and then ran about 10 feet to the large tree. It turned around and literally stood on its back legs. Oh my gosh. I realized this was the thing I saw up in the tree. I could clearly see the eyes were rusty colored and they were illuminated. They were glowing from the inside. It was starting to turn dusk. It just continued to stand there behind that tree. It seemed to be apprehensive a little, but it was staring at me and then it would look towards the fawn. At one point I thought I saw it lift its lip and the whole muzzle started to vibrate like it was trying not to bear its teeth. Finally, it got down on all four feet and started walking slowly to the fawn. When it was almost there it swung its head in my direction and let out a low menacing growl. At the same time, it bared its teeth. This animal was at least 400 pounds. It could be even bigger but I'm afraid that the naysayers will call me a liar. This animal was at least three to four times as big as my German Shepherd. All the way around its head was huge. But what really terrified me was when it sneered at me and went down for the fawn. Its teeth were at least three inches long, sharp, and jagged. When it got to the fawn it picked it up in its mouth and took off at a fast slope. We didn't leave for walks after that. We barely left the cabin. When we did leave the last day we drove over to that tree and I got out and stood beside where it stood and I can say without a doubt it was well over six and a half to seven and a half feet tall. We drove past Linda's house and on second thought I asked Tanya to turn back around. I wanted to tell them what we saw. Linda was genuinely concerned and seemed shocked to hear what we saw. She appreciated that we thought enough to stop. When we got home we called the landlord and he said straight away that we were warned to carry bear spray, so I just left it at that. I figured he thought we wanted our money back and that wasn't the case. So that's our story. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Bigfoot. I was four years old. I have experienced paranormal my entire life, sightings, dreams, and premonitions. This is one of my first experiences that I have memory of. We lived in a cedar-sided split foyer home on top of a mountain. I had a younger brother by 10 months. We shared a bedroom across the hall from my parents' room. 
We would see this figure constantly. We saw it so much that we started to just ignore it. It stood about 3-4 feet tall. Had an outline like a teddy bear that wore a classic Viking helmet with horns. We never could see its features. Just the dark shadow. Our older cousins by one two years spent the night one night. Everyone was in a circle with our sleeping bags on the floor of our room. The lights were still on. My cousin immediately whispered what is that and he pointed at the creature who was standing in our doorway watching us. I told him it was just our monster and he watches us play. He can't do anything to us or hurt us and I stuck my tongue out at it to assure my cousin the thing was harmless. My mom told us monsters couldn't get us so I was extra brave around it. A few nights later I wake up in the middle of the night. I slept on the top bunk and my brother on the bottom. I see the creature climbing up the bunk bed ladder to my bed. To this day I have no idea why or how I was brave enough to do this but I moved to the ladder and sat in front of it blocking the creature from coming up. It stopped climbing but we were inches from each other's faces. It seemed like we sat like that forever because I remember thinking what the heck is this and why can't I see its actual face. I reached out and tapped its shoulder. All hell then broke loose. As soon as I touched it, I could see all of it. The entire body was covered in monster heads. Its main face had giant big eyes and sharp sharp teeth. It was terrified of me and confused and seemed to be in intense pain from my touch. It grabbed me up by the back and tore my back up. It screamed in my face. Of course I am screaming hysterically and I break free and crawl to the far end of my bed and started praying and stopped screaming. By this time my mom ran in and all I could say was monster. The next morning my mom casually made me come into the kitchen to show her best friend my back. As an adult my mom told me she was so scared and that my back was all scratched up. Scratches I didn't have that night at bedtime. I asked my cousin about what he saw that night. He still admitted to it 30 plus years later and told me when I stuck my tongue out he was terrified. As an adult my brother described the same exact appearance of it after having a similar encounter shortly after mine. He passed it on our basement stairs and it screamed at it. After my encounter I never saw it again. My son who is three is terrified of shadows and he knows the difference between normal shadows and tells me one walks around in his room. Is it the same thing? What the hell is it? It is early evening as the sun is setting in Oil City, Louisiana as the night watchman made his way to his post. He was new on the job and his post was at one of the many old derricks. This location is near Caddo Lake, as well as the surrounding swamps and marshlands. He enjoyed his new job. All you just had to do in order to make it through the night was to avoid falling asleep. This derrick was furthest back from a particularly boggy section of swamp. Since he had no boat available to pull through the muck he decided to walk along the bank. It would take a little longer but the trek through the swamp wouldn't be anything he hadn't done before and he wanted to make a good impression to hopefully move up to a higher paying position on a day crew. The thick canopy of trees blotted out what little light was left and he paused to light a kerosene lantern as he continued on. As he held the lantern high he looked into the darkness. There was nothing he could see among the shadows. He thought that he heard something moving in the darkness, but decided that it was his mind playing tricks. He began to walk again. It wasn't long before he heard it again. This time, there were steps mirroring his own, just to the side and behind him. So he stopped and he turned once again holding the lantern high. Who is that? He called out. He didn't receive an answer. His pace quickened as he began to walk again and he heard the steps begin, once more mirroring his own. Now he heard sloshing in the nearby water. He was becoming unnerved. He started to walk even faster, catching his feet on exposed cypress roots. The sloshing steps were growing closer. His anger was building over the fear. He stopped again. Who the hell is that? He screamed. There was no answer. An uneasy quiet had descended over the swamp. He could hear the beating of his own heart and his quickened breath. Then, from the darkness,
came a low deep growl that reverberated in his chest. His blood ran cold. Without thinking he turned and ran. He had nothing to defend himself. His only hope was to reach the old derrick. He ran through the water and muck. He heard it following him. It crashed through the undergrowth. Water was splashing as the loud footsteps continued their pursuit. It sounded as if it were upon him when he finally reached the derrick and began to climb. He dropped the lantern. Fear and desperation caused him to climb. As he climbed higher an unearthly howl emanated from just beneath him. He thought his heart would stop as he wrapped his legs around the crossbeams of the structure. It howled again and began shaking the derrick with unimaginable strength. It circled him shaking and howling. The tears streamed down the watchman's face. He desperately hung on until the golden glow of the sun eventually began to rise. He heard the unknown beast walking off with slow methodical strides through the water. He looked below him, barely catching a glimpse of a tall bipedal canine-like creature moving away from him in the dim light. As the darkness vanished and dawn lit the swamp below he could see its footprints in the mud where it had circled him. He stayed where he was until the day crew came. It took some time to coax him down and after hearing his story and seeing the footprints the men were at a loss as to what this thing could be. They sought out an older gentleman who had lived there all his life and he knew everything about the woods, creeks, and the bayous in the area. He had looked around the area and then looked at the tracks. A serious and stern countenance came over his face. They asked what he thought it was? He replied Loop Guru. Silence fell on the group as the old man pointed his finger in the direction of the tracks going deeper and disappearing into the dark cypress swamp. Then he said, the loop guru is real. It's been a long time since I heard of one around here. But, it's real. So I'll start off by saying I've always been a believer of paranormal since being a young child have always been able to sense or feel things, I've heard things and seen things move when nobody was there, but I've never ever physically seen anything until today. Which I still don't know what to make of it or how to feel so I come here. I was standing under a carport, about to get in my boyfriend's car when I look at the road and see what I can only describe as an opaquely black figure. No textures or dimension just an odd-shaped black thing which quickly darted over a fence and disappeared in front of my eyes. Note, when it zipped over the fence, it wasn't all at once. Sort of like the front of the body went first, and a tail sort of looking part after. It was very quick but I never looked away. In the field where what I assumed an animal would be, it was completely empty and nothing was there after it went across the fence. Let me mention it's not a tall privacy fence. Just a barb-wired low farmer's fence for keeping in goats or cows etc. Has anybody else experienced anything remotely similar? It's still on my mind and how something so dark and physically there just disappears in front of my very eyes. Mind you it was daylight about 2 p.m. Around North Texas. This just happened and it's quite hard to talk about. I, 14 male, live in Germany with my parents, they are at work now and I was supposed to take out the trash. I heard some knocks at the door that sounded like knives hitting the wooden door. When I looked though the visor I saw an eye that looked like a dog's eye but bigger and glowing. You might think that it was just a bear or a dog but I know what I saw. I tried to scream but I was frozen. I haven't ever felt that kind of terror. As soon as I stepped away from the door I heard rattling and deep growling. After about two minutes of that it all went silent for a few seconds. Then I heard heavy steps leaving. I feared that it might come back, what should I do? Apologies for spelling mistakes, English isn't my first language. During 2019, I ran my own ride service. Think of Lyft or Uber, not a promotion, that's what I did. I did not work for either of those companies. I did this on my own independently as a means to get some extra money on the side. Now that I look back on it, it was totally more of a social experiment than anything. I had presented myself, 
and my vehicle information to all of the local police departments, as with the state police of my area. As so they knew who I was if I seemed suspicious driving around late at night in the different areas, they were on board with it, and so was I, and I began this short stint of a positive public service. That's where this begins. Aside from the occasional troublesome passenger, nothing out of the norm really happened. You know the saying, they only come out at night. This is very much true. I began this experiment in the late summer of 2018, and by February 2019 I was definitely deciding on putting an end to it. I don't remember the specific day, but it was mid-February, and after 2 a.m. It was very cold, if not at or below freezing. I was finishing up a route that typically consisted of those needing a ride home from a night at the bar. I didn't have many passengers that night, so I decided to wrap it up and head home. I was leaving a neighboring town that's only about two miles from my own, sitting at a stoplight in an intersection when this sudden impulse to take an alternate way home came over. A road that cut up over a hill through the woods and semicircled back to the same highway, had I not gone that direction in the first place. I was tired, yet I debated with myself as to whether or not I should. I didn't have long until the light would turn green, and finally I said expletive it. I chose to take the road that went straight instead of the usual one to the left. Why not? I do like a good little adventure now and then. There is where I made my mistake, to a degree. I crossed the highway and went up the hill, and I hadn't driven very far until I was met by a pair of glowing greenish-yellow eyes. First thought, dear. Naturally I stop. I was no more than 30 feet from it when panic began to set in. It wasn't a deer. Whatever it was, it was lying on its side, looking up the hill. It turned its head to look at me, and that's when I thought it to be a large dog instead of a deer. It was solid black in color, and then it proceeded to sit up on its haunches very much like how a person would. At that point I truthfully believed it to be some species of ape, or large monkey. Let's pause. Whatever this thing was, it was very difficult to determine its shape despite the fact that my high beams were shining directly on it. It wasn't that it was amorphous, it was to the fact that it was blacker than the black of night. When it sat up on its haunches, it continued to alter its focus from looking up the hill, to looking toward my car, back and forth, like I caught it by surprise. It then stood up on two feet, when I got the best view of it. It was approximately six feet tall, built and shaped in every way a human man is, head, neck, shoulders, arms, hands, torso, legs, and feet. It had no distinguishing features other than it looked like a living silhouette, or a person dressed in nothing but a solid, one-piece black spandex bodysuit. I knew it couldn't be the latter, for what person would wear that in the freezing cold of mid-February? Don't answer that. There was no texture to its appearance, no hair, no horns, no fur. Just the blacker the night, silhouette-like shape with the two glowing greenish-yellow eyes. It made no sound whatsoever but looked as if it was deciding on what it wanted to do, since my sudden arrival to where it was. I saw this thing for a grand total of what I will guess to be between one and two minutes. It stood frozen in its stance before suddenly turning to the right, walking and stepping over a guard rail into the woods. My heart was racing. I was mortified. Despite this, I summoned the courage to drive to the very spot where it had been standing. One foot on the brake, the other on the gas, I rolled down my passenger side window to see if I would see it again, or hear it, or smell anything. Nothing. Not even the crack of a fallen branch or underbrush. Needless to say, I didn't stay there very long. I punch it up over the hill, covering all about an additional 100 feet when I am met by a second set of reflective eyes. Another expletive, I'm sure. I'm trapped. Either this thing has circled around to being in front of me again, or there's more than one. I know I'm not going to be the next one taken to my death, dragged off somewhere in the woods never to be seen again, so I give the gas pedal another punch. I'll either hit or run this thing over or die trying. 
I come to a sudden stop in my realization that the second pair of reflective eyes is actually a person. A man roughly my age wearing glasses, toting a large laundry bag and basket. Quickly I roll my passenger window down again and give the man a rather fast-paced explanation of who I am, what I do, and why he should enter my vehicle. Sir, I don't mean to alarm you. My name is X, I offer rides for people who need them. The local police already know about me. This is not a trick or an attack. I'm not going to hurt you, but you are not safe right now, you need to get in my car immediately. Something to that effect but spoken a lot faster than what you can probably read it. Without question he nodded yes, I unlocked my doors, he loaded his laundry into the back seat, and we were off. After he was in my car, I proceeded to tell him what I had just seen moments before. He lost the color in his face but was on the complete level of understanding the situation. He went on to tell me that he had finished doing his laundry, though I don't know what laundromat closes that late, and that he was walking to his home that wasn't far from where we were. He asked me what I saw a second time, and after listening he calmly offered that it could have been Bigfoot. I told him I don't know what it was, but whatever it was it was watching him. Studying him. That's when it sank into both of us. Had I not listened to my impulse to take another way home, who knows what that thing may have done to him on the dark, wooded road. The rest of the ride was silent. I dropped him off at his house, he unloaded his laundry, and thanked me. He offered me some money for the ride, but I declined it. I knew it wasn't right for me to take it considering what had happened. We parted ways, and I returned to my own home very much confused as to what I witnessed. Since then, people have told me I've seen a shadow man, figure, a demon, a skinwalker, a slender man, a rake, a crawler, or an alien. More times than not I still get the possible idea that it could have been a Sasquatch, or juvenile Sasquatch. I don't know. But I will go on to include that if I personally believed it to be one, knowing full well what one is, with all of the descriptions that entail, I would state that I thought it was a Bigfoot. I sometimes still take that road even though that happened four years ago. Almost daring myself if I will or won't see that creature again. Last Saturday, the 17th of December at around midnight on Industrial Road near where I live in Moria, Pennsylvania. My sister and son were driving back from dinner and shopping. They both saw a jet black upright wolf-like creature the size of an outhouse, 8 plus feet tall, run across the road in front of them. My son said the moon was bright and 3 inches of snow were on the ground. He said it looked human-like. He also states that it moved extremely fast as it ran across the road in front of them. This is a road located about 1 mile from Frackville, Pennsylvania, and nearly 2 miles from Moria, Pennsylvania. My son said that it howled. Thought you should know.